hard to believe Game 40 schedule is being called must win by me, but that's exactly where we're at. You lose 11 of 13. You lose on home ice to the San Jose Sharks. And now you got the Sabres in town who were in Anaheim playing a road back-to-back. And seven of your next eight games are on the road. Your only home game is Edmonton. They're not losing to anybody. Your next game after tonight is at Colorado. Good luck with that if you can't beat the Sharks or the Sabres. John Hoven, it's got to happen tonight. No options. I absolutely agree. Everything is lined up uh, in the sense that it does have to happen. You can't lose again coming off the, the game against San Jose, like you just mentioned, and you are getting what should be a tired Sabres team after playing last night in Anaheim. So, uh, you know, the Kings have to play with desperation. They have no choice at this point. Um, and I don't want to get into coaching changes. We do that so much. I asked you last week how, you know, how do you think Todd McClellan is, is dealing with everything that's on his plate right now? I would say as best he can. Um, it's, it's been interesting to sort of watch and sense, and, you know, you, you're trying to read the room. How frustrated is he? Um, you know, how concerned is he? Those sorts of things. Uh, last week on Thursday after the uh, press conference with uh, General Manager Rob Blake, you know, McClellan also spoke that day, and McClellan seemed to be a little bit more tense uh, that day than perhaps what we've seen him, and understandably so. Um, however, the... the the thing about that room right now, the players and the coach, there's still a belief that they're going to work their way out of this. And they, they, they truly believe. It's not just words to the media. If, if you sort of just stand back and you watch what's going on, they, they have not quit on the coach. They continue to play hard for him. There's a lot of confidence and swagger still in that locker room, uh, even as recently as yesterday. So, you know, a big night coming up tonight for Andre Kopitar. He's going to be celebrated. Perhaps we'll talk about that in a moment. But, uh, Todd's, you know, he's trying to weather the storm, and this isn't the first time in his career when you're a veteran coach and you've been through this type of situation. You, you know what's coming. You know the questions that are coming. Um, it, it's really about managing the, the frustration of the players and keeping them motivated so that you can try to get two points every night. He just needs consistency uh, from his players right now, and he's not getting it from enough of them. So there's a reason I asked you to come on today. The reason is Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, I threw a little mini tantrum on the air on him yesterday. Uh, I let things bother me. I always have. And the other night, I was texting you while you were at the game. It was bothering me. Focusing on him all night. There was no effort there. None whatsoever. And it's inexcusable. And I try not to be hard on players in, in new environments. I mean, you've got new teammates, new coaches, new system. Getting comfortable integrating yourself can be difficult. And sometimes year one is hard. But there's no excuse for a lack of effort. And it's just obviously not me, just me, because McClellan took him off the ice and he wasn't getting shifts in the third or overtime as well. And, you know, when you are when you got a $68 million contract, I'm, I'm not saying this is a bust yet, but it would be incredibly concerning for me given the commitment you've made to acquire this player. Is, is his play, in your opinion, you watch every night, is his play defendable at this point? Well, it's, it's less defendable now at the midpoint of the season than it was earlier in the year for the, some of the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, you know, it takes time to adjust. There's new systems. There's new players. You talk about, you know, the players that he was playing with on his line, which were a different caliber of player than what he was used to uh, in both of his two previous stops in Columbus and Winnipeg. So there is a lot of adjustment. He's a third-line center. You're asking something de- different of him than you were before. 
However, it seemed to kind of reach a crescendo the other night. Uh, after the game, uh, McClellan was again asked about him, as he seems to be in every press conference. And he said, look, I need more from Dubois, and I need it now. Like, enough is enough. It's time to get going. And uh, had an opportunity to follow up, sit down, have a one-on-one with Dubois yesterday about this. Just posted the article this morning on Mayor's Manor. And Dubois uh, and McClellan, in my opinion, they're just not on the same page right now. And, and it's confusing as to why that is exactly. And it's probably more confusing and frustrating to McClellan than anybody because when I asked him about it, he basically saying, I'm not sure wh- why there's any sort of a, a, you know, a confusion or a misunderstanding or, or whatever word, you know, insert X word there, uh, because they've had multiple conversations, uh, both in a team environment, one-on-one. It's not just about the conversations with Todd. It's also the assistant coaches, the videos that they've done, all that sort of stuff. But yet when you talk to Dubois, uh, when I talk to Dubois at least, you know, he's like, hey, look, uh, this is fairly normal. This is fairly common. I went through the same thing in Winnipeg. Um, I went back and looked at the stats. He's almost identical at the exact number of games to his first uh, points, that is, through the same number of games, uh, his first year in Winnipeg. So maybe it just takes him a different amount of time to adjust and maybe it would some other players. On the ice, though, the optics sometimes aren't good. You watch the hustle or the lack of hustle, and that's what creates the concern. You know, I I said this to you before, though, Boom, it's just like with the overall club. What's going to solve things for the Kings? Winning solves everything. And if Pierre-Luc Dubois can find a way to bury the puck, score some goals, get some juice going, um, then all of this sort of starts to melt away. I just don't know where they're going to play him right now, and I think that's the big question because, as Todd alluded to, he tried to move him up to wing, let him have some time with Kopitar, but that didn't last long enough to really generate any sort of chemistry or rhythm, to borrow the word that Dubois likes, and uh, he was moved back to the third line. So going to have to watch where Dubois is playing in the lineup here over the next couple of days. You can talk about the adjust all you want, but, I mean, this guy got everything he wanted, and we're doing this dance again. He played his way out of Columbus. He played his way out of Winnipeg. Now he's got the contract, the term, you name it. He's got it. Beautiful environment, and we're still seeing this. At what point do we just ask the question, is this guy's care meter nowhere near where it has to be to play at an elite level in the National Hockey League? I would say it's a fair question, but not at this point. And the only reason why I say that, Boom, is – you do want to give the players the benefit of the doubt. You're right. I mean, this is an instant gratification society. We love instant results. We want them to be able to producing. You know, uh, it's tough uh, being taken from one city to another and reacclimating and, and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that to make excuses. I'm just saying that while I thought the excuses were running out and we were getting close to the end, yesterday in my conversation with him, I really did think that he brought some interesting perspective. And going back and looking at his performance in year two and year three in Winnipeg, those were two of his career best years. Um, you know, 27 goals, 60 points. They came after that one year of adjustment. So uh, maybe that's what it is. And so, you know, he's under contract for a long time. So, it, it, you know, at the midway point of the first season, I'm not really ready to write the final story. At the end of the day, he was hired for two reasons. Uh, one, game 83 and beyond. And two, to have some center depth once Andre Kopitar retires. We're still two and a half seasons away from Andre Kopitar uh, potentially retiring. Who knows? Maybe he signs another contract, but potentially retiring. Uh, and, you know, game 83 is still 40-plus games away. So we'll have to wait and see what happens in the postseason. And, and maybe that's where Dubois rises to the occasion and becomes the player that everybody expected him to be when he arrived here last summer. Um, before I let you go, let's get this last one out because it's real important relative to tonight. You talked about him 
trying a new assignment. What do you think I watched in the third period uh, on on Monday night? Because twice they had to come back and, and tie games up. It, it involved getting Byfield back on the top line, which worked. He scored a goal. But it, it basically involved eliminating two lines. He, uh, McClellan just flipped the Kopitar line and the Dano line over and over again uh, for almost the entirety of the period. Now, there's an urgency there. You're trying to catch up against the Sharks and win an important hockey game. But what could we see this evening if things don't start well? Well, two things. Uh, one, the shortening of the bench, like you talked about, because it's been something that any veteran coach, including McClellan, tends to go to in these type of uh, high-urgency situations, shortening of the bench, whether it's the defensive pairings or whether it's the forwards. And the second thing is mixing and matching and trying different things. That's the other thing, is that Todd has been much more open to, by necessity, of course, here over the last uh, month or so, he's been much more open to trying things where earlier in the year when everything was rolling, you just kind of keep things moving along. One of the challenges, though, with having all of that success early on and rolling out that consistent lineup uh, at, at that time was that, it really didn't give him an opportunity to look at, well, what else works? What else do we have that we can go back to is probably a question that he was asking his assistant coaches uh, back then. And, you know, McClellan said to be a doodler. He likes to doodle on napkins and, you know, sort of work out his line combinations. And it's a mystery on sort of how to put everything together uh, because of not only the Dubois and the Byfield situation, but what do you do with your wingers? You know, Arthur Kaliev has been – Largely benched here as a healthy scratch uh, over the last couple of games. Most likely won't get into the game tonight as well. We'll have to see what shakes out at morning skate here in the next few minutes. But, uh, you know, you have, you have a, a rookie uh, playing alongside Dubois when he's the third-line center, and then you have, you know, what I would call non-productive goal scorers, even though they're responsible players playing alongside of Dubois on the other wing uh, most nights. So how do you really, quote-unquote, get him going uh, from, a, from a point production standpoint uh, when you're not surrounding him with those players. And you really can't wait for Victor Arvidsson to come back in, you know, another month or so. You need to see something before then. So, uh, boom, uh, putting an optimistic uh, uh, perspective on this, I would say that the Kings just need to hurry up and get to the All-Star break. These next couple of games are critical. Win tonight, win two out of three on their final road trip here before the All-Star break. And then they're going to be off for about 10 days to two weeks. It should give everybody a chance to breathe, relax, and also provide clarity because, you know, uh, sleep and rest uh, it can give people a clearer mind, whether that's a player uh, or whether it's the coaching and management staff as well. You know, the better part of me thinks PLD is going to score tonight just because he has to. It's like put-up night. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. The, 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 he gave me no reason the other night, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to the game, though. Thanks for the time, John. appreciate it. Hey, boom. Don't be so angry at the game tonight, though. Enjoy the moment. Andre Kopitar, who should be a much bigger star on the national level, is going to be celebrated. He still has a few years left in the tank, and uh, he, he's one of the NHL's true treasures, one of the best 200-fit players in the game. Is his dog still around, Gussel? Is he still with us? Yep. Absolutely. We'll have to see if he makes an appearance tonight uh, with his family on the ice. But, uh, yeah, everything's great in the Kopitar world. All right. Thanks, buddy. Okay, All right. See you, boom. There.